Welcome once again to Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End chat, everything about Glasgow's West End. My name's Jim Byrne and the Pat in the title is Pat Byrne. And this is episode 62. In this episode, Pat chats with Eileen Reid. Eileen's a writer for the Scottish Review and notably the proud daughter of union leader Jimmy Reid, who you probably know from the Upper Clyde working, which I think was back in the 1970s. I could be wrong about that. Eileen chats about her family, music, the communist connection in Clyde Bank, her father and her friend Kenneth Roy, who's a journalist and editor of the Scottish Review. Pat and Eileen haven't met up for over 40 years, so they do also do a bit of catching up. Okay, I think that's enough of an introduction from me. Let's go and listen to Pat chatting with Eileen Reid. Actually, before we go and listen, can I just uh, warn you that the audio from the first sort of uh, five minutes is a bit... uh, bit strange because the mic didn't seem to be working right away but it does come back and so you can hear it okay but it comes back in uh, stronger quite quite early on in the, in the interview so if you can be a wee bit patient that patience will be rewarded okay leave it at that Jim Hello Eileen Hello Pat I've got Eileen Reid here with me today which is really absolutely Brilliant. I haven't seen Eileen since 1977. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah, I would be 18. Oh my God. That's unbelievable. What, I think, what was I? 28? 20? Yeah. So, and that was at Clyde Bank College. Yeah. And me, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we, we were both in the sociology class. That's right. Right. I think we had a plan at one time that we were going to go and live in Amsterdam. Oh, that's right! <laughs> I forgot about that! Why Amsterdam? <laughs> I can't remember why we chose I, Amsterdam. I, I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea, but um, anyway, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Never too late. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was so funny. So, um, of course, I've, um, well, I've seen you more lately on mm-hmm. social media and kind of got the ideas about things that have gone on, but I've no idea what happened to you immediately after you left Bank College. Not very much. Um, when I left college, I didn't pursue education in the way that I should have then, and I ended up working in an insurance office, which after a couple of years... I left and took the magic bus to Athens. Do you remember the magic bus? Uh-huh. Oh, I, I do. I, I was never on it, but... It's um, a four-day trip to Athens for... Yeah, my friend Maureen and you used to go all the time. <laughs> and, um, and I did a lot of messing around, I suppose. Not really very sure what I wanted to do with my life and... and I wasn't terribly happy at that stage in my life. I remember I had, um, you know, on and off, I've had this all my life, actually, you know, on and off bouts of depression. I wasn't very sure what to do with my life. and um, But I knew, I knew that I 
needed to continue with education in some way. So again, I I um, resigned from work. Um, I was an insurance brokers, and I went to college in Wales, mm-hmm. College Cardiff, which it's closed down now. But it was a working it was a, a college for working class and um, working class um, 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 mature students. That sounds like a good idea. Oh, it was a great idea. It's based on Ruskin, um, I seem to remember. Anyway, and that's when I first came across philosophy and studied philosophy for a year. Then I transferred to Glasgow University Access course and did politics and economics. So what year was that, I think? That would be 1988. Five, nineteen eighty four to eighty five. So I just missed you because I graduated. Did you? Did you? And I went to university to first year. I did politics, philosophy, and economic history, and it changed my life. Mm -hmm. And which is why I'm such an advocate of of inclusive education and, and it's 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 transforming. It's not Absolutely. for everybody, yeah. but um, it, it, it changed my well, life. I, think, I mean, I, I, I can understand you saying that. I think it's... Um, and I think you need that. I saw that the other day, well, just yesterday, in fact, talking about England, about two-year degrees, yeah. which I think is utter nonsense, yeah. because you need to, that time to develop and to mix with people and to study on your own and to go to the library and you know understand about research and sort of becoming yeah. a scholar. Yeah. Uh, two years, what are you going to do? That's not yeah. enough. And I think as well is that you know when you're at university, when you're a student, those three or four years um, are the most precious years of your life because you are really. Um, there's been no other time in your life, unless you become a researcher yourself, mm-hmm. where you can spend that amount of time with books and learning mm-hmm. and you know the, the culture of it and and growing up really. And I think for me, the four year degree is the pinnacle, and, mm-hmm. and you know it should be the example. I mean, I, I know in England it's three years, but two years, no, mm-hmm. I think that would be. A mistake. That's 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 it's like cramming or something. Yeah, it's like cramming, and it's just preparing people for work. And there's more to education than preparing people for the, work. The, absolutely, completely mm-hmm. agree. I think when I, when I went to university, my first year I didn't enjoy. It took mm-hmm. me a full year. Um, I changed. Um, mm-hmm. I went to do English literature, and um, I loved English literature. I did the A level at Claybank College. Loved it did not like it at all at um, Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And so I transferred to history and sociology. The sociology, I just absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. The history, I found awful, awful hard. Mm-hmm. But um, then I started to enjoy it. Who was the lecturer in Black? Um, David, his name was a sociologist. He was wonderful. Um, I've forgotten his name now. I did it for a year. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, my first year at university, I remember going there, and I remember my first day, and I stood at the top of the avenue, 
and I was awestruck. Truly, I couldn't believe I'd actually managed to get there with all these hugely bright and intelligent people around me, and it was it was it was actually I felt quite intimidated by it as well because I thought you know imposter syndrome. What am I doing here? You know, I don't sit in this place, and um, it, it was an amazing experience. No, I, I, I loved it. Um, I loved it. And I love Glasgow University. I've been back twice, I've got to say, I've done another two degrees. Oh, have <laughs> Yeah. But um, I've, I've been back. In fact, I, I, I just graduated three years ago and I did the MLIT in creative writing. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And then I did the, the MPhil in urban policy at night school. Yeah. I did that at night. But I love even now going up to the university. I love I go quite often on a Monday to creative mm-hmm. conversations. Mm-hmm. I love being in the university. I love walking through the cloisters. Yes. I love yes. the whole atmosphere of it. I love Glasgow University. I love it too. And I feel it's that it was a real privilege to be able to go there. I thought so too. Yeah. I thought so too. I have thought about going back, and I'm at the moment I'm considering doing an open university. Mm-hmm. Degree. So what um, about in? Well, um, I I love history, mm-hmm. um, but I'm a rank amateur. Well, I'm always very impressed by what you write. I've got to say, I mean, um, you know, you bring up these names and these um, people, and I think I don't even know who that is. So I mean, you, you, yeah, I've got a lot of knowledge in history. Well, I'm a bit of a busker, <laughs> um, um, really. You know, I, I dip in and out of books and articles and things up. I thought, oh, I'm not going to use that. And quite often I take down a couple of notes and where I've got it from and then I can refer back if, mm-hmm. if sometimes it's not relevant. I thought about history. I also thought about music. Mm-hmm. Given the musical talent in my family, whether I've got a talent there, I don't know. I play a bit of piano, badly. Um, but I've got quite a good ear, but I've never, it's a potential that I may, may have had, but I've but never been an opportunity to explore great, it, you know. It's great to try things out. I mean, I mean, when I went to um, to do the MLED, I hadn't been thinking about doing, doing it at all. It was Jim kept saying to me, I was quite down. Mm-hmm. I did an awful lot of... Um, Issues, you know, my brother John was in, in care and he had brain damage and, like, there were so many issues and so many meetings and so many arguments and um, I was really, really quite down mm-hmm. and Jim kept saying to me, you should do something for yourself. Yes. He says, do something that takes you right away from yeah. all these cares and worries. And then, actually, I just met one day in John Dingwall He's a music journalist, and I've known him since I worked in Clyde Bank. We both wrote for punk fanzines, so I decided to become a, a punk at the same time as my children. <laughs> and, um, and I just met him for a coffee, and he had just finished the MLED, and he was talking about it so enthusiastically. I came home and said to Jim, you know, I think I'll apply for this course. So I applied for it there and then. I'd had no, I hadn't done any creative writing so I couldn't send him an example. So I sent him a blog. And then when I get in, I kind of thought, oh, my God. <laughs> but, um, and really, it probably, it probably wasn't, I probably wasn't the best person to go because I didn't really have sufficient underpinning. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. 
enjoyable. I think it. I think that's critical in education. I mean, I'm surrounded by a lot of youngsters um, because my daughter, youngest daughter, is a musician, and you know we have a lot of youngsters that, that age in eighteens. Uh, I never call her Lizzie. That's her stage name. I call her Elizabeth. I, have I think Elizabeth. I'm the only person. But Elizabeth is a lovely name. Is um, yeah. I just, I just everybody calls her Lizzie, but I just can't do it. No. And um, but yeah, yeah. Um, through Elizabeth, and um, as I said, we've got a room full of musical instruments and the court and gear well, and all I'm that. So we see a lot, lot of them. I think we should go for it. And but I do think, and I keep saying, the first thing you you know, what's the point of studying philosophy or this or music or whatever? I mean, how are we going to get a job? And I always say, do what you love. Do what you love. Absolutely. Do what you love. Yeah. You can also you can always do some sort of vocational training at postgraduate level. Do what you yeah. love because you'll never get that opportunity no, to spend I, those years with what you love. You absolutely, know? and um, basically, a lot of the time you're learning to learn mm-hmm. and to analyse and you know to present things. And you're you're gaining a whole lot of other. Yeah, other yeah, skills, yeah, and you can apply that to to anything. To if that is about the vocation, mm-hmm. but I mean, um, well, critical I, thinking I, in itself is thinking. Um, and, honestly. I know, and I think it's about developing yourself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know the pleasure you would get, you would get out of something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I'm so glad that I went. And, I mean, I think I kind of dabble a wee bit in the writing. I don't think of myself as a as a writer, but I, I get a lot of pleasure mm-hmm. from it, and I, I'm glad I did it. Mm-hmm. I think that um, the if you, I mean, you've got that definitely got that background with the the swank your mum the swank the swanky sister. Yes. They, they were, oh, they were so amazing. They played all over, didn't they? Oh, they did. And then Mantirina, my mum's sister, Rina Swanky, she was in the Reavers. Mm-hmm. Um, um, who were very well known during that time, and then the Swanky sisters, my mum and man Terina, um, beautiful musicians. My aunt Terina is pitch perfect, and my mum is a lovely singer, and, um, and she still sings, as a matter of fact. She lives in Rossi and she sings in the choirs down there. That's good. And my grandpa, John Swanky, played um, guitar and banjo. My grandma, Emily Swanky. Incredible woman. Um, played the banjo badly. Oh, she played the mandolin. That's right. Always, you know, <laughs> played the mandolin. And when I was growing up, we just grew up with music. Mm-hmm. You know, in those days, everybody got together on a Friday night and yeah. sang. And, and, <laughs> it was a Sunday um, for us. Yeah. Sunday night. And, um, and that's, that's what yeah. they did. So music was always around. My dad was a great jazz fan. Um, played played the trumpet for the RAF, but um, <laughs> didn't play it since then. Um, and kept it under his bed, I remember. But um, it, music was always there. And my, my mum and my auntie are obviously gifted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where my daughter Elizabeth, um, she's she gifted too, yeah. And can you sing? Um, I've smoked too much over my life. I've been smoking since I've been 14. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I've got husky. I've sung a couple of jazz songs in my time, but um, 
um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, I suppose. I mean, um, I always think I can't. Obviously, to Jim, I can't sing. Um, well, because I, I can't hold the. I can't hold the tune, but we snatches. I can sing. And I can join in. I can join in. But um, he says that the end they really can learn to sing. I think that's right. I think I've, my range is so limited now, just for having smoked for so long. Um, my voice is quite deep, as you can hear. Yeah, but you can sing the deep jazz yeah, I can, songs. I can do, I, yeah, I can do certain songs that is um, sort of low bluesy numbers. I'm not bad at, but um, <laughs> it's not good. Was half an octave out the range. I'm in trouble, you know. <laughs> so um, anyway, but if you're, um, there's so many aspects to music. To, to I love music. Um, I'm particularly over the last few years. It's been my solace and and my comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favourite of the arts. You know, that's that's the one. Well, that's, I think no, no, that, that, no. I'm definitely with you on the. I'm just studying. I still sort of sometimes think, um, I forget what you charm, I sort of think, what is it I really want to do? <laughs> sometimes I think, I should be a yeah. ballerina or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe left that one too late. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's certain things that are not possible, yeah. and that's one of them, I have to say. So, um, and then after, so when you graduated, what did you do then? Um, I was a childminder. Right. And... I have, in fact, I was saying to someone the other day, I've never planned my life. I've never had ambition in that way. I'm not knocking ambition. It's, it's important you know, to have some ambition. Unfortunately, I never really had it. And um, so I never planned anything. So I wasn't really, I didn't know what to do. I had a philosophy and politics honours degree. I did some childminding for a while. And then I was asked to do a bit of part-time tutoring in the philosophy and the politics department. And I did that for a few years, um, two or three years. Well, let me think. I had a young child. And my, my, my eldest daughter was young. Mm-hmm. Um, when I graduated, she was only six. So, you know, there was that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was that aspect of my life at the time. And... I did some tutoring, which suited me fine because I, you know, I didn't have any childcare problems. Mm-hmm. Certainly, um, yeah, and then it was it was enough you know, just to to get the basic minimum for 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 living. And then um, I got a part time one year post in the politics department. From Glasgow University, and just before that year um, ended, I applied and went for a job in Langside College. That was another sort of transformative um, decision in my life. Again, unplanned. I remember at the time uh, Stephen White was the head of the politics department. Saying no, don't do it. Stay here. You know you're, you're, you'd be a wonderful female role model for. Because I mean, even though this was the early nineties, um, there was 
you know, these departments were still heavily populated by men. But, you know, I was got a very, very small part-time salary and this was a full-time job in a college. And it was the at the time, and it was really um, quite progressive alongside college, it was the first full-time philosophy job in Scotland outside of a university. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, and, and also it, you know, travelled, quadrupled almost my salary that I was getting. And then were you living in the south side then? No, I was living in the west, I was living in Scotland. And so I got a job in Langside College, and then when I was telling you earlier, I moved to the South Side. Mm-hmm. Um, I never looked back, really. But that job was a fantastic job. Um, it was a brilliant college. And um, um, and it, it, during that period, I was seconded with the then Scottish office to write the first philosophy hire in schools in Scotland. Oh, and um so that was that was an enormous mm-hmm. privilege actually to be asked to do that. And um at that time it was higher still the the hires were, were, were being redesigned and revamped and um and so I did that um, for about a year. Um, so it was a, it was a, it was, it was a, it was a great um, opportunity for me. Oh, I was going to say something else about Langside College, and yes, it, in the college, you know, it was a lot of adult returners. That at that time, you know, the population were really were suffering from the collapse of the manufacturing industry so in my classes my philosophy classes I would have you know plumbers and and um and actually in one of my classes was Rosie Kane who's yeah, who was the MSP well, I don't know her um I, I know her we sort of exchanged yeah. on Facebook yeah and um and they were just terrific times mm-hmm. and so you know teaching Descartes and how we get to, I think, therefore I am. You know, at first I thought, oh dear, you know, how is this going to go, go down? But they seem to love it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think, you know, it was, it was, it was terrific. It was a terrific period, yeah. And then you, you worked in the art school as well, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, I left the college. I wanted to do something different. And I got a job as the wide, um, wider access officer. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, the Scottish Funding Council were funding posts across HE in Scotland to try and do something about shifting mm-hmm. the the demographic in these institutions to better mirror, mm-hmm. you know, the demographic of Scotland. So really it was about encouraging, um, trying to get entry for young people from characterised by disadvantage, sometimes acute disadvantage, yeah. I just saw, uh, um, in fact, I put it up on my website yesterday, there's a day at the Glasgow School of Art, and it's called Roots to Glasgow School of Art yeah. from Colleges. Yeah, One yeah. day, so that would probably be something, the sort of thing that you Yeah, the, that, that, that was, 
what's sometimes called um, roots and articulation mm-hmm. um, agreements, we used to call them. I don't know if they still call them that, actually. Um, they're very useful, mm-hmm. very, very useful days these days. And um, these open days and yeah, seeing these roots through, for, for extremely encouraging, yeah. And you must have been absolutely shattered with the, when the art school, the demise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the building, the fires, yeah. Those yeah. Fires. yeah. It's, it's, it is. I yeah. mean, everybody is upset, but if you've worked there, yeah. you know, it must be colossally yeah. upset. It was just part of it, was, that building is just so central mm-hmm. um, to the art school and to Glasgow. And um, I haven't actually seen it in person, but I've seen photographs of a burnt-out shell, and it's very, very upset. I was at an event the other day, and the CCA has just reopened, and I looked out the window, you were looking over, and all the scaffolding, it's so sad, because normally, if you'd looked out there, you'd probably stood for a while, just admiring. You never got fed up with that building, it was just so... So yeah. wonderful. I remember the first week when I started in the art school. I remember it because it was a strike at the time. And my first day at work, I had to, first time in my life, I had to cross a picket line. Because <laughs> I thought, I can't, I can't not go to work my first daddy, day. Oh, my dad. I said, I said, Dad, I've just crossed a picket <laughs> Mind you, I seem to remember that all the boards were down because it was raining and, you know, it wasn't a sort of... Mm-hmm. But anyway, but I remember in that building and phoning my mum and saying, Mum, you just won't believe where I am and, and where my office is. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I said, you go to the toilet and it's like, it's a feast <laughs> of, you know, the stunning beauty and awesome and the plaster casts and the woods and the atmosphere. And it was, it, I was, again, for the second time in my life, with Glasgow Uni and being up there the first time, I was, it was awesome yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, not, oh. you know, it was only, I think it was only the third time I'd ever been in the building. Um, the second time was for an interview, and the first time was to see a degree show that um, a friend of mine. Um, no, it's certainly not. The, I mean, we go down to the degree shows mm-hmm. in the Reed building. I mean, it, it's just, I mean, the students are wonderful. And, mm-hmm. and also, when you talk to them, oh, I always find it dead upsetting because so many foreign students and most of them love Glasgow. They would love to stay here, and they can't because they're not. They couldn't get a job earning enough to allow them to stay. Yeah. And so that you're kicking out all these vastly talented, you know, people. You know, so such wonderful people. It just seems absurd. But being in the Reed Building is not like being in the old School of Art. Mm-hmm. It's just not. It's a modern building, yeah. and um, it, it, it just and, oh god, it's, it's yeah. I think the, the, the students are marvelous, and you know I agree that for many students, their surroundings, as long as they've got some studio space, and they can be very very creative. Mm-hmm. The art students are amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can be creative I, in art. I, and a bus shelter if they were forced, you know. I could not believe some of them. We've not, we've not cushioned for some mm-hmm. I couldn't believe um, some of the, especially as product designers, and some of them had um, joint 
art, design and engineering degrees, mm-hmm. so things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you mm-hmm. know better than me. But, you know, astonishing um, yeah. in, in all the fashion. And oh, it's just, it's just absolutely just, stunning. Some of the work that's produced mm-hmm. in, in, that, in that school is just stunning. Mm-hmm. It really no, is. I, I absolutely, I, I, I love those. Um, mm-hmm. I love those degree shows. Yeah. So, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, hope, hopefully, well, the phoenix will rise in some way, and they'll get. Mm-hmm. They should get. They should. If they're going to get money for anything, they should get it for mm-hmm. for that building. Because when Jim Bart was just saying to me the other day, you know how they built the house for the art lover from Macintosh's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. designs. Mm-hmm. Well, surely that is the same mm-hmm. thing. Surely mm-hmm. they have those designs. Mm-hmm. Because um, we were actually down at the National Library of Scotland, mm-hmm. and they have those designs. Mm-hmm. His his very first plans mm-hmm. for yeah. that. Oh, I think so. It's it's um, all the designs are there. Um, all the photographic, the digital photographic evidence is there. The will is there. Um, I think it's just to be a case of of. Well, when I say who builds it, I don't mean it wouldn't be the art school, but what what is the what's going to be the structure in terms of of who oversees it, and of course the big one, money finance. It's the money. Yeah. that will be the big thing. But yeah. well, I hope, hope I hope anyway, it, anyway it comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. So I think apart from all the things that you've done in the past, I've got to see how much I enjoy. Your writing, it's <laughs> fabulous. You. I love it. Uh, in the Scottish Review, it's yes. so it's so enjoyable. That is a fabulous um, online magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it, things of interest to people in Scotland, issues, yeah. but, yeah. but wider cultural. Yeah. I, I really, yeah. really um, enjoy it so much, and I I like how you to start off with a topic, and to me. I've probably got this wrong, but to me it's almost like something that's come into your head, and you've thought, oh, I, and so it's very much, it's, a, it's very immediate, yes. and, then, <laughs> and then you kind of go along and you're off that subject and sort of rolling on to something else, but it's, it's got a great flow to it. Well, I, I, I try to do that. When Kenneth, um, when Kenneth first asked me to take over the notebook from David Torrance, and he, David did a lot of travel in, 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 in anecdotes and and, and, this. and I said, well, you know, what's the format? He says, well, about three, three hundred piece. And I said to him, I said, Kenneth, I don't get out enough. <laughs> I said, honestly, I said, my life's not very interesting. <laughs> and he said, of course it's interesting. He said, and anyway, he said, it can be your observations. And I said, oh, let me think about it. But Kenneth was so encouraging with me, always has been, and always, always tried to give me the confidence to write. And um, you go and think about it. So I thought about it for a couple of days. I had tried a couple of years ago when I was in the middle of a treatment for leukaemia and Kenneth asked me to start writing a column again. I know you can't do a weekly one, you do a fortnightly one, but I couldn't even do that because 
the format, you know, a thousand words sort of essay um, on one topic, I was finding too difficult. Yeah. And so anyway, this this came up, I don't know, I think it was May or something. Um, well, April, May. And when David Torrance left, and so I thought about it and I said, OK, I'll have a go. And um, so I did. And I actually quite enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't write it until, you know, a couple hours before the deadline, <laughs> um, which is what I did this morning, actually. It's been for 12 today, which is why I was slightly late. Um, and there's times I think, I just, I haven't done anything this week. I don't know. The news is appalling. I'm not going to write about the awful news. What on earth am I going to write about? And um, But I always seem to come up with something. Um, and what I try to do with the three different sections is get a flow through, you know, um, as much as I possibly can. So this morning, um, actually, I was writing about Twitter and what it's become, and I kind of, my last section was in music, you know, the young ones doing their music, and I had to throw something in about Twitter in the final bit, even though it was unconnected to the other bits. It didn't it didn't work so well this morning, but sometimes sometimes it really works. I'm able to, to link them up. And that's quite good because if you're looking for a link, mm-hmm. then that helps you narrow down the topics that you're going to write about. Mm-hmm. Because there's a sense in which you're sitting there, there's so much is happening in the world and everywhere and here and there. Mm-hmm. But I try to pick things that I can maybe link up a little bit and that helps me actually come to a decision about what I'm I'm going to well, write and not, I, not I, sound too boring. No, it's, it's anything but boring. I mean, I, I enjoy it very, very much. And um, I like your style of writing. Um, it's not dead journalistic. Mm-hmm. There's a wee bit of kind of academic writing through it, which I like. Um, I, I find that with um, Stuart Cosgrove. Yes. You know, yes. I love his um, writing about the, you know, the, the, the Soul trilogy yeah, because... Yeah. Um, there are facts in it, and they're yeah. kind of backed up, and um, yeah. I, I I really really like that rather yeah. than a whole journalistic kind of yeah. um, opinions. You know, yeah. I, I love when it's they've got these concrete, and I find that in your writing. I think that's that's really good to know because um, there's too much commentary now everywhere mm-hmm. in social media everywhere commentary in columnists some of it brilliant some of it good some of it not so good of course and I always think that you know do I really want to add to the general blether commentary I like to try and source things mm-hmm. and come up with interesting yeah you know and things that, that are not getting sufficient attention yeah that you mentioned uh, um, is it Nadia Murad yes the, yes the, the, um, Jahidi, Jahidi, yes. Jahidi, yeah. it, the yeah. tribe, like, yeah. Jahidi, Jahidi. Um, Jahidi. Oh, what's what's the name of the tribe again? Yes, Yasidi. Yeah, awful. I mean, appalling. Oh, it's um, really most horrific um, experience, and then to mm-hmm. the, the get the Nobel Prize, it's very, very much deserved. But of course, hardly hearing anything about no. it. No. You know, so it was absolutely it, incredible. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I'd heard probably about the Nobel um, Peace Prize was that Trump and the, the North Korean 
Kim Jong-un. Yeah, Kim Jong-un. Um, were considered for it, you know, and then you have women like that mm-hmm. jointly with um, a with a fantastic man that's working in the Congo with 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 um, the, with the rape. doctor yeah, who's yeah, working with yeah. the, the girls yeah. who've had um, been raped. Yeah, yeah. So I try to do that, and I and I try to. Um, I mean, I wrote a column for the Herald years ago. And then I wrote for Kenneth before I, um, you know, I kind of succumbed to illness, did a philosophy column there as well. And my brief in the Herald and with the Scottish Review was always, um, we want you to do a philosophy column but link it to something that's relevant and to people. Mm. And and that was always the way that I taught it as well, you know, trying to bring it to life in a way that mm. was relevant to people's lives or interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always written that way and I find with this notebook I can't actually, you know, I'm still doing it <laughs> and well, I'm pleased to hear that you like it, it no, Pat, I that's I like great I, I, I mean I really, really enjoy it very, very, very much mm. and I think you're doing, doing great, great with it Thank you, you know, Your dad would be dead proud of you <laughs> I'd like so, to think so I used to come across your dad, you know, um, in Cloud Bank because he came into pine trees sometimes. Oh yes, yes, yes. And then I think I think we actually knew. We, well, I mean, of course, with the upper Clyde, um, everybody mm-hmm. knew him. And then it was fabulous when he was rector. Yeah, that yeah. Amazing um, speech he gave. So everybody knew him then. But we knew of him, and I'm sure we must have met him sometime because our upstairs neighbours. John and Netta Smith. Oh, for goodness sake! Yeah, uh-huh. Jock. Uncle Jock uh-huh. used to call. And also, my dad, um, his oldest brother, he was Jock as well, Jock Young. He was married to um, Finland's sister. Ah! Oh, so, so was this communist connection in mm-hmm. Clyde Bank and Uncle Patrick... Netta and John Smith were lovely neighbours. Oh, yes. She was a delight. And then a, the, oh, was that after they were, Jock was a janitor in Eden Barnett School? Yes. And he, Harold and Yvonne, that was their children. So we were kind of, I was kind of friendly with Yvonne. But they were so kind to us because I, when there were seven of us, and always at Christmas time, she in Christmas Eve, Nettie would come down with all these like small things, you know, all mm-hmm. these things to get wrapped up for stockings, and they were the nicest. I mean, I, I was friendly for Net with Nettie for years and years. I used to go and visit her in Hartgate, you know, long after um, John had died. But Finn the Hart and John um, Smith. They used to be about our house at times, and with Ar- was Arthur Henderson. Oh yes, uh, Arnold, 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 Arnold Henderson. Henderson. Yeah. And I'm sure your dad would have been there. Oh yes, too, oh yeah, because they were been... very much a group. Yeah. So we can, yeah. I de- we definitely knew. You probably weren't paying that much attention, though. You, um, whole lot of other stuff going going on, um, but um, I always knew who he was. You know, um, mm-hmm. apart mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to the UCS, prior and to, yeah. Um, yeah. so that was, but it must be. Um, I mean, you, both your parents are, you know, very. They're interesting people. Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, well, I mean, your father. What impact that was, 
I mean, I just, you know, some of the things he said were just so nobody baby. Nobody's ever going to forget that no, because no. it was so, like, nobody else could have done that, yeah. you know, and yeah. know those men so well to see what they could do, but what they had to be told yeah. to achieve it. And if you see the clip, you can see he's got a glint in his eye, you know. Um, it, he's um, a fine-looking man. Oh, he was, mm-hmm. yes. Hand, handsome man. Yes, he was. Um, but, yeah, he said that, and his timing was immaculate as well. He hesitated and then looks at the men just with that glint um, of kind of humour and... Um, you know, it was it was perfect, really. You know, yeah. perfect soundbite. And then, then the, in the rec- when he spoke as the director, mm-hmm. that was a wonderful. It was very gifted auditor. Yeah. And, I yeah. unfortunately I missed that. My mum always says she regrets it so much. I had tonsillitis, mm-hmm. but she's always said I wish I'd just wrapped you up and taken you. You know, mm. so I didn't. I wasn't there, mm-hmm. and actually. Um, might be appropriate to bring this up here on this podcast, but there is no full recording of that is speech. That right? It went; it's gone missing from the GU archives. So they've got the recording of the previous director. Can't remember who that was, and the one afterwards. But the one of that speech is missing. BBC and ITV between them. Um, there's two short clips, mm-hmm. and it just manages to get the rat race bit Mm -hmm. but the rest of it is gone but we know out there there's a video of that somewhere somewhere in -hmm. Scotland mind you it was back in the days it would be a Betamax Mm -hmm. video I suppose which is Mm -hmm. you know it's it's so so outdated but it's out there somewhere Um, it's gone missing I'm not saying it was stolen or anything like that it's just been misplaced yeah. in some way or That's somebody's terrible. looked at it and um, and one of my you know I, I you know before I go I would just love to find that tape oh that would be great yeah and um, I wasn't there I've seen clips and I've obviously seen the photographs and I've heard the reports of what the atmosphere was like. Were you there, Pat? No. no. What the atmosphere was like. I was thinking about that too. And when was it, 1972? Yeah, was it 72? Um, because I was thinking, and well, I wasn't at university at that time, but um, my John would have been a baby. Yeah. So I think that's the, the, and I didn't. Even it wasn't going much further than yeah. Uncle Patrick to damn you. Because <laughs> at that time you just, that, you know, mm-hmm. you, that was your job, taking care of the baby. Well, apparently it was just wonderful. I mean, of course, we can only read it now, mm-hmm. but he was such a magnificent orator, my dad, mm-hmm. a complete natural. I mean, I think they did some lessons way back in the day in the Young Communist League. Mm-hmm. But he just he, he had the timing. He had the you know he, he I think he, was, he had a lot of um, from when he was young. He had a lot of kind of role models. He was exposed he a lot, wasn't he? He did. And I'm sure he, he absorbed a lot of that yeah. quite um, you know kind of naturally. Yeah. And growing up in a communist party, mm-hmm. which which mm-hmm. didn't just function as a political party, but also as a sort of you know, an educational experience mm-hmm. as well, and um, 
um, reading and seminars and public speaking and yeah. Because it was in London for a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, I my first school was in London. I spent the first years of my life in London. I was a national organizer for the Young Communist League, and um, yeah, and then we come back to back to Scotland. I think it was five or six to Faithfully. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and my dad worked for the Communist Party full time, and then went to the shipyards. Um, but that time, I'm not sh- quite sure about this, but there was three of us, and I think he, I think I remember that he felt felt that he had to work mm-hmm. and get a a decent enough salary to, yeah. you know, at that yeah. point. But it certainly, I mean, it was um, astonishing and the impact was, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, that's a sort of iconic yeah. time, really, wasn't, yeah. wasn't it? So, it's a lost era, Pat, you know. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Clyde Bank has never seen a place change more uh, than Clyde Bank. Clyde it's, Bank. It's quite sad, the kind of in highlight now is the shopping centre. Yeah. It's, you know, it was, um, all these post-industrial areas, it's sad, isn't it? Never. I know, I know. When you look at the old photographs, you know, of the yard of John Brown's and these great hulks kind of blocking out the sun over, you know, Dumbarton Road. That's right. And so the place swarming with um, men in yeah. the yeah. Um, dungarees. Exactly. And all those shops, before shopping centres and woolies and what was the bar across the... Seven Seas? No. Oh, it began with a C. Um, oh. Oh, it's gone. No, it was on the... It was right across the road from the, from the yard. What was the name of it? Anyway, it was all these sorts of... And it was... You know, the town was full of life. It was absolutely jumping. And energy. I mean, yeah. I worked for a time before I went to Cloudbank College... I worked in John Brown offshore. Uh, you know, they yeah. were creating the modules. Of course, that was just a shadow of what had happened beforehand. But yeah. I mean, even that, you know, it was it was still stuff going on in the Clyde. Yeah. And then the reason I went to Clydebank College it was because I was getting made redundant. You know, that was closing down then. Right. I, I mean, everything see. was just going, and I thought, well, I couldn't work in Glasgow because the kids were too wee, mm-hmm. and um, I, you know, I had to kind of be. Mm-hmm. round about not long before they went to school and stuff like that and then I thought you got a grant of course to go to college at that time and I thought well I'll just go to Clearbank College yeah. and get a grant like you I never ever had any ambition or a plan or what I'm going to do or what I'm not going to do But and, and I've often, often said to people that are worried you know if they're in a job and they hate it I'll say look just leave yeah. because when you're doing stuff things can't happen yeah but if you, you've got a wee bit of space and you let people know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. then somehow things turn up. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, um, are, are opportunities. If you see mm-hmm. opportunities and take them, mm-hmm. that's, um, you don't know where you're going to go. Like, you don't know where you're going to go. Angry. So, so and, um, Eileen, so, so your own family now, I know that um, Steve, your husband, has, he's got a book coming out, hasn't he? He's got a book coming out. And um, Why Medieval Philosophy Matters mm-hmm. um, is the title. Um, it's an academic book, uh-huh. um, but it's readable. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, it's just the place of medi- medieval philosophy and the history of ideas, which is quite interesting because... Um, Imagine middle of that. Because a lot of the, the ideas then we're still working with now, and I, it's fascinating to see the, the roots and the link. That's, that's his third book um, in this area. He works in Oxford Brookes University. He's a reader there. And... Um, and he's been commuting to Oxford for 18 years. My goodness. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we've got into the flow of it now and the habit of it, but yeah. Uh, he's Canadian. I didn't realise that. Yeah, he's Canadian. I met him at Glasgow University. So there's, there's another um, wonderful consequence of, of um, going back to uh, education in my mid-twenties. So about some Canada, does he come from? Um, he comes from Ontario or Hamilton, just outside oh, of um, um, Vancouver. He, but um, his family spread between Toronto area, you know, Ontario and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was, um, he actually spent most of his young life in, um, in Zaire. Right, His father was a gynaecologist, a missionary doctor. Right. His grandfather was Tom Allen, right. the preacher, oh, the, the, the big, you know, the minister Tom Allen, mm-hmm. um, who we've never met because poor Tom died when when um, Steve's mum was pregnant right. with her. Um, but he was an amazing character mm-hmm. as well, by all accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, He's not religious, mm-hmm. um, but he comes from quite a religious family. So I met him at Glasgow University at a seminar. That's amazing. <laughs> he came over to, to Glasgow University to do an MPhil for a year and never went back. You, you kept him here? Yeah, I kept him here. Yeah. So, and then you've got two girls? Got two girls, mm-hmm. yeah. So. Um, Joan, who's coming up for 33. She has lived in London for 10 years now. Incredible, actually, when I think about it. In fact, I think it's longer than that. And she's very politically active. Really feisty. Um, you know, wonderful young woman. Um, I don't like using the term feisty for girls, because, you know, or women... But but she is, <laughs> and um, and really politically astute, and she's a councillor in the Lewisham Council, oh, a Labour councillor. Um, so that's the eldest. I think I knew that actually. I just sort of forgot. I think I knew that. Mm. I've maybe maybe seen something about it on yeah. social media. Yeah, you probably at some point, mm-hmm. and um, you know, she just um, uh, won the election again. She's a councillor again, and she's on what's called the cabinet on Lewisham Council. It's a big council. It's a big, you know, big area, big borough. Um, and and it's strange actually because where she lives, and well, actually in a previous place in Lewisham, is just round the corner from where I was brought up. That's funny. It's uncanny, it's isn't it? And um, so I've got a real. I love Lewisham. Mm-hmm. I love that part of London. It's it, very working it class. East? It's really is it, diverse. Is it Southeast. Southeast. Really diverse. I don't know why I don't know. Is it near Leytonstone? 
I don't think so. It could yeah, be. I mean, don't know Linda that way. Um, it's. Do you mean it's it's near Suffolk, right? Um, but uh, what's the main areas in Lewisham? There's Forest Hill, mm-hmm. Catford, where Joni is now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of. Um, uh, uh, any I, major areas in Lewisham that would be familiar to you? For three years, so I should know what it is. But um, whereabouts in London? Well, I stayed first of all in um, North North London yeah. in Belsize Park, and then in Tufnell Park, and then I stayed in the World's End, Kings Road, Chelsea, yeah. the World's End. It was the World's End at that time. It was not posh. It was yeah, very yeah. poor. But and then I stayed in Streatham. Yeah, it's such a massive place. It's just yeah. such. I mean, a I, huge I probably city. spent more a lot later on. Most of the time, I went to London. I went to Brixton because mm-hmm. my, my mm-hmm. best friend Mary, who's dead now, um, she lived in Brixton, so I always went to Brixton. So mm. I knew that pretty well. But um, I don't tend to go so much. I, I've no reason to go yeah, now, yeah. so yeah. I don't tend to go. Go yeah. so much. Um, yeah. Well, I go quite a lot. You know, to visit girl, my uh, girl You've got Elizabeth, and yeah. she's doing her music. I've got Elizabeth, and she is. Um, yeah, she's a musician. So does she write her own songs? Oh yeah. I thought that very unusual. Yeah, she's got. She's um, she's a really excellent songwriter, and her lyrics. When I listen to her lyrics. Even when she was 16, 17, I thought to myself, where did she get that from? She's a blooming poet, you know? <laughs> and But she's a very good songwriter. She's just got a natural talent mm-hmm. for music. She plays lead guitar, bass guitar, she can play the drums, she plays piano very well, actually, play keyboards, she's got and a, she sings. And she's got a good stage presence as well. Yeah. She's, um, she... Covers it. I mean, she's very shy, Elizabeth, and it's not easy for her. And and um, and you know, we can have some yeah. battles before she goes oh, on there, trying to calm when, her down. Let me know when she's on. She's on and, and we'll yeah. come along. She's playing Celtic Connections next year, okay. so I'll let you know uh-huh. the exact date of that. Oh, that's part. good. And then um, and come along. And I can promote anything on the site as well. Yeah, she was um, played the Resonate the other night um, in the. Barra's Art and Design, and they were, our band are fantastic. That's you know, and they're all, you, none of them are over 21. They're all, That's you know, a lead guitarist 19. Mm-hmm. I think it may be 20 now, actually. Um, very talented, and it's, and it's, well, for me, well, it's great fun. Well, you've got to be so proud of both of them. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. They're very, very different. Mm-hmm. And um, but extremely close. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big age gap. It's twelve years between them. Eleven and a half years. Um, I didn't have Elizabeth until I was thirty-eight. Um, and um, they are. I'm, I'm immensely proud of uh-huh. both of them. Well, so great. immensely proud. I bet they're proud of you too. Um, and their daddy. Oh, certainly. I think. The last few years has been difficult for them because of my health. Um, 
you know, I don't know. I think they, they probably are. Oh, you know, they probably no, are. No doubt about um, um, I'm certainly very central to their mm-hmm. both of their lives. Um, at least I like to think I am. And um, no, I'm very, very you proud of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like to think, yeah, you definitely, you definitely are. <laughs> so, but um, gosh, no, I'm so pleased to 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 see you. It's great, and um, we'll get along to one of the gigs. I would love that. Oh yes, I would enjoy that. I'll, I'll. She doesn't do very many gigs, but it is increasing now. Um, you know, as her confidence grows. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to London um, for writing workshops with a producer down there in December, and it's it's great because she can stay with her big sister. So we've oh, got no, you know it's, there's no accommodation that's, needed. That's so perfect. she's um, mm-hmm. so she's she, yeah she's coming on. That's good. Well, she and we'll see what happens with with you and your music too. Oh yes, we'll follow that yes. If I follow that through, so, it would be great. So is there anything else that you, you were going to ask me about Kenneth? I was. I'm glad you said that because you brought him up. Yeah. That I mean, I Kenneth Roy. Yeah. He was the editor of the Scottish Review. So another, I mean, absolutely brilliant writer. I I've never read anything, not because he's he died not so long ago, about him writing when he knew he was dying. That is just wonderful. Yeah. It means. The tone in that is unbelievable, and the way he speaks about the doctors and yeah, but you must have been devastated. Absolutely, um, I heard him. They repeated an interview with Isabel Fraser in Good Morning Scotland on Sunday morning, I think it was, just to hear his voice, and it hit me again. It was just, just a. A terrible loss. He wasn't ill for very long, was he? No, I don't think so. Um, I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't for one minute. Kenneth's a very private man, always has been. I've known him for so long, I can't remember when I met him, you know. Mm -hmm. And he's been in and around, you know, with my dad for years and years. Um... I knew there was something wrong. I knew someone wasn't very well, but it, it wasn't clear to me who it was and I didn't want to interfere or ask too many questions, which I bitterly regret now because I realised when he was telling me that someone was ill, he was talking about himself. Um, and then... Either contacted me, it was the deputy editor, is now the editor, and said that you know, stomach cancer and it was inoperable and it was terminal. And it was a terrible shock. I, 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 it's you know, not only is it a terrible shock to lose someone I was so close to, um, but also as an editor, mm-hmm. but also as a journalist, mm-hmm. his style. And his writing, and his his investigative um, um, prowess. When he gets a bit between his teeth about an issue, then he'll he'll run it down um, until he gets to where he wants with it. And 
actually I should have said something about that because I was writing a bit investigative journalism this morning but um, I should have mentioned Kenneth and I'll come to think of it but you, you, for me um, it's kind of the end of an era too with yeah. Kenneth's death I, 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 he's just such a huge loss not just mm-hmm. as a f- close friend to me close friend to the family but a real loss to Scottish yeah. culture and journalism he's another one he's another one yeah these people really um, it's like their job is uh, it's, it's like an obsession almost yes yes, yes. What, yeah. they, what they want to put out there yeah what do, yeah no well, Kenneth um, was tenacious and he was, he was also an incredibly sensitive man, the man I knew. Um, and the obituary and what he wrote before he died was, it was for me, it was, it was just heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. I mean, that, uh, it must be, you know, obviously, I, I, I've never met him or, or anything. I didn't know him, but, I mean... I find it very, very moving. So for yeah. somebody who's so close and kind of, you yeah. know, he, you were he kind of took you under his wing a lot. Yeah, oh, he did. So he, uh, he, he took me under his wing. He encouraged me, gave me confidence. You know. You well, know, it's wonderful that he was in your life. Yes. And, yes. You know, because you don't. How many people are there out there like that? No. No. I, I I read again um, actually last night the the piece he wrote you know when he didn't know what to do with himself when he yes. was so ill he just didn't know and then um, he said that he was born with the gift of writing yes and I thought that was a lovely thing to say yes and in a way it could sound like boastful but in a way it's so humble isn't it? yes you know to think I was born with this gift not like Oh, I'm terrific! I, yeah, yeah. I just like this was something that was given to me. Yeah, I thought that I was. A, I thought that was a. Um, yeah. A, a really, a really important thing to say. Yeah. yeah, I think it was very important, and he would also recognise it in in other writers, and wasn't 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 slow in in, in making and encouraging other people, and. Um, and um, yeah, he's, he was a he was a marvelous man. He was tenacious and, but at the same time sensitive. And he, um, I mean, he could rub people up the wrong way. You know, there's no question about that. But then, you know, that's Kenneth. You know, so he, he, was, you know, he, anyway, he, he, he created the Scottish Review. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's a no, that, That's still mm-hmm. going to. Go on and that's going to continue. What he's done with that and with people like your, yourself, that's, yeah. you know, that's not gone with him. That's still going to continue, no. but it was. And, and these, uh, these um, Young Scots programme, he did a lot of work with young people. That's not um, commonly known. And um, my dad would work with him on that too before he died. Um he, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, I've forgotten the name of it, Pat. Oh, my memory's so bad these days. Um, the Young Scots Programme, I think it's called. Um, you know, essay writing competitions and, in fact, 
we were at a writer's workshop a, a, a year ago um, down in Troon and it was all the writers for the Scottish Review and it ranged from, you know, really young writers coming from the programme to Magnus Linklater and all, you know, these yeah. seasoned um, writers That's and journalists amazing. at the other end. Yeah. And he brought all of he brought yeah. all of that together. He was um, he was an amazing man. I, I miss him terribly. You know, um, however. We'll keep his legacy going if he Absolutely. possibly can. No, that's, that's, no, I'm, I'm and he was quite fearless, Kenneth. I mean, really. Very honest, that's for sure. And he's very it? honest. Um, um, no, he's, he's um, very honest. I mean, you know, not only will he encourage you, um, he'll also tell you when, he's, when, when you haven't done something to his liking, <laughs> but he's also very honest about himself and... and you know, if he thinks that he's made a mistake in any sort of way, he tells you immediately, you know, he's, he was, um, he's one of these human beings that I always felt very secure with, mm-hmm. because he would neither flatter nor nor be critical, he was always honest in his appraisal and his encouragement, so. Yeah, it was very, 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 very sad, like, huge loss. Yeah. So you've had a lot of sadness, Eileen, a lot of things to overcome and yeah. a lot of worries. Yeah. But you're you're looking good anyway, I've got well, to say you, that. <laughs> thank you. Well, yeah, you're looking it's so nice to see you again. Yeah, it's lovely so, to see you again, Pat, after all those years. So well, thank you. I'll see you soon. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Eileen. Thanks, Pat. And thus ends another episode of Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat. Hope you enjoyed that one. I certainly did. A lot to chat about there. Okay, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, it's the usual addresses. Do it via the Twitter at Glasgow's West End or via Pat's email address, pat at glasgowestend.co.uk. Give us a shout if you've got any suggestions or if you want to ask any questions. Okay, catch you next time. Bye for now.